0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Well, the Jazz home court winning streak is over. Snap to 24 straight games. They lose for the first time since the Phoenix Suns beat them on New Year's Eve. They had not lost at home since that game on December 31st of 2020. Yes, it's the first home loss of 2021. And I don't know who to give this credit for. Credit to. I think it was Hans Olsen, but I'm not positive. But uh, whoever it was. Yes, 2021 is better than 2020. We all wanted an upgrade when 2020 ended. And 2021's had its issues. But, at least for the Jazz home record, it's been a serious upgrade. So what went wrong? It's easy. What usually goes wrong? It's defense. We can sit around and talk about the offense all the time. How many shots... Joe takes, and then, uh, you know, how many uh, Royce O'Neal is hitting in his slump, and why isn't Bogey back? Bogey was back last night, by the way. He was firing. He was filling it up. That was as good as he's looked at the offensive end of the court, and yet they lost. Donovan had another 40-point game. Awesome in the first quarter. Really struggled in the second. Kind of invisible in the third, and then really good again in the fourth. And he ends up with 40 points. But they didn't lose this game because Donovan went for 40 instead of 60. We can sit here and upgrade the offense, whether it's Donovan or anybody else. thought the Wizards did a pretty good job of, uh, and they've got some size, so it stands to reason they would do one of the better jobs. They did a pretty good job of uh, keeping Rudy Gobert in check on the offensive end. But if you had to look at three reasons the Jazz lost this, defense, defense, and defense, they gave up 70 points in the first half. They gave up more than 120 points in the game. And when they do that, they're going to lose. It's, it's really clear-cut. You can go into all the analytics you want. You can go into all the theories. You can sit around and have all the sports, bar, uh, sports talk radio arguments you want. But it's clear-cut. When the Jazz hold people under 110, they're nearly unbeatable. When the score gets in that 110 to 120 range, they're mediocre. It's a coin flip of a game. If a team scores over 120, the Jazz are getting beat. I'm in the win, and I think, well, I'd have to look it up. I think they're two and eight now. It's bad. You know, you can't give up 120 points and think you're going to score your way to a win. It doesn't happen very often. It's certainly not going to happen in the playoffs, you know. And I think if Quinn could wish for anything, and we'll get into this, we're going to hear from him the best of the postgame show. And he took multiple questions about defense. And, you know, he did give credit uh, to the Wizards, and they deserve it because they played well. And they tend to play well against the best teams, Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Jazz. They're 6-2 in eight games against those teams. (laughs) Those are the best teams in the league. Why are you under 500? As Thurl Bailey said in the postgame show to Matt Harpring, why are the Wizards under 500, and why are they battling to get into the play-in tournament? (laughs) What is happening? They are taking it. They're 2-0 against the Jazz, and they're beating the other best teams in the league. And it's a couple things. It's it's scheduling-slash-coincidence, and they get up for the better teams. Now, they've had injury issues, the Westbrook trade, uh, you know, and I think some other moves they made uh, midseason. You know, they've been strengthening their team. They've had guys miss games. And so, you know, these have been factors. they got to have their group together. They don't they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have the group. They're not going to be as good. And I do think there's definitely getting up for other opponents. So, it's a process. They're changing over their roster, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, so credit to the Wizards. And Westbrook had it going, and Westbrook made good decisions, and Westbrook hit mid-range jumpers. Um, but when the Jazz were going poorly, when they were giving up 70 points they in the first half, they were giving up layups. There were too many layups and dunks. And when you add in a few free throws, and you add in a couple of wide-open threes, it's going to get out of hand, and it's going to be a problem. And it did get out of hand, and it was a problem. And at the core of it, I and I... Absolutely believe this. At the core of it, there are too many easy possessions, too many layups and dunks. Now, when I asked Quinn about it, and you hear this coming up, he went, well, it starts with transition. With us, it usually starts with transition. And certainly, the Wizards did get their share of transition points. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Some of them were just uh, get the turnover and go one on none. You know, it was all alone, breakaway. Uh, and then other times, it was just, yeah, it was kind of a scramble. It was four on three, three on four, or four on four. But they never quite were matched up the right way. And they didn't get the kind of the they like to refer to the wall of defenders to wall a guy off because he'll go around one guy and create contact if the guy moves and get to the free throw line, which they did, by the way. Um but you get three defenders in front of them, and then they'll back it out or they'll give it up. And there wasn't enough of that. You know. So certainly there were issues in transition. But I thought even when the Jazz got him in a half-court offense, there were too many times that it, that it broke down because the guy couldn't stay in front of his man. And just got beat off the dribble. Uh, I was surprised that Rudy wasn't there to help more often. And sometimes it is spacing issues and where he is on the court, and sometimes he's trailing the play a little bit in transition. Uh, it didn't look right. And you're going to hear Donovan Mitchell talk about this. And uh, Rudy talked about it a little bit with a little smirk. He didn't want to admit it, but it was kind of obvious. They so kind of had to. And they're fatigued. You know, they're playing their fourth game in six days, and they've looked sharper. They've looked more energetic. There were times where the crowd, the adrenaline, uh, you know they put on a late run. They were down. They were down 19, and they got it down to a one-possession game. Uh, they got it down to two points, but they they couldn't get over the hump, and. It was too big a hole, and they started too late. And it's a familiar story, you know. So there were stretches, and early they just they were outscoring the Wizards in the first quarter, and then the fourth quarter, the adrenaline. And I think when you have a big lead, it's a little bit like we were talking about with uh, Hideki Matsuyama in the in the Masters. You know, you're not playing to win by six shots. You're not playing a win by ten points. You're playing a win. And so there's a little bit of milk the clock, and then you don't get as good a shot, and takes it out of your rhythm offensively, it makes it a little easier for him to come back. Um, but they held on and got the wind, so nothing else matters. It's like Matsuyama held on and got the green jacket and folded it over a chair at the Atlanta airport. <laughs> that's just awesome. Just walking over. Hey, that guy, that guy looks familiar. Which guy? Uh, the guy with the green jacket sitting on that chair next to him? <laughs> Man, that's got to turn heads in an airport. <laughs> that's just got to be awesome. Um so for the Jazz, it's just, you know, Quinn's been saying it for years. I mean, it was probably three, four years ago I was joking about, you ask Quinn a question about offense, and he turns it to defense. And the better they get, the more obvious it becomes why he, does, he did that and why he still does that. Although now i got to say he does just get more asked more about defense because it just becomes really clear that that's the reason to win the game. When they gave up 70 points in the first half, you know they're in trouble. If they rally and they keep a team under 110, they're going to win. They're too good offensively, not to. That's when Boyan getting hot or Donovan's 40-point game or whatever It really comes to the fore. you know. But if they're a little fatigued, if they're a little tired, they uh, which they acknowledge, and you'll hear it coming up that Donovan and Rudy both acknowledge that, they're just going to have to suck it up because the Oklahoma City Thunder are here, they're going back-to-back, and they're playing again. After that, they do get two days off, which will help course, after that they play back to back again. So uh, it's what uh, Rudy said. Hey, lots of other teams in the league have to do this. It's just it's the nature of this season. The games are coming fast and furious. And even though the Suns picked up a game on them last night, and now the Suns are a game and a half behind the Jazz and have the tiebreaker because they've won two at the Jazz with the third game still to come. Uh, the Suns play twelve of the last sixteen on the road. Their schedule is going to be brutal. Now maybe teams will rest their best guys, and the Suns will get through it. But it doesn't seem the way. Doesn't seem the way to predict things now are the way to bet right now, it seems like the Suns are going to get hammered by that 12 and 16 on the road to finish things. There's some good teams in there, assuming they play their guys, their stars. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, stay with us.
1: Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joined us in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. And, uh, of course, he wouldn't know about the Wizards game, but I think to the bigger point of some of the things he talked about, uh, especially the Lakers, spot on. Here's Steve Cleveland with PK and I. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, it's weird how things keep happening to you in your life over and over and over. And for (laughs) jazz fans, and I was in Santa Barbara, which is just, such a hardcore Laker area. And I remember when the Jazz and Lakers played in the playoffs in the 80s, and Laker fans for once in their lives in that era were actually scared in a Western Conference playoff series. And I was living here in the 90s, and it was Shaq and Kobe, and the Jazz beat them twice on the way to the NBA Finals. And sure enough in the 2000s, it's Kobe and Gasol, and they're knocking the Jazz out three times. And I think a lot of Jazz fans for all the success are still looking over there going... Are those guys going to be healthy for the playoffs or not? What's the deal with LeBron and AD? Now, PK brought up earlier this morning, he saw some stuff about AD's out two more weeks, LeBron three more. That stuff can always, you know, move a little bit, but it's at least a ballpark. Are these guys getting back in time for the playoffs or not?
2: Uh, I, I think they'll be back in time for the playoffs, obviously. But to be really not... good in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that, that's the question. Um, I think what does happen is just watching them play against Brooklyn this week is if, if, if there's a silver lining for the Lakers, it's that they can figure out how to win games without them and be a better team when they come back because they've really struggled and looked bad. And, you know, Kuzma's out as well and, uh, and Gasol. But I, Gasol being out, I don't think it's a major issue. Kuzma is kind of up, so up and down. But with Caruso and some of the other guards and, you know, Caldwell-Polk, getting confidence back. The only the only silver lining I see for the Lakers is that if they can win more games while these guys are out and become better without them, then, you know what, it may be different than it was when it all started. So I do believe that LeBron and, and AD will be back. The question is, if this second unit can get better. And if they get better, then I think that the Lakers are a team you probably don't want to play early. But... Who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, that's the silver lining. The other thing is I haven't seen – the Lakers really haven't looked good all year, even when they were playing as far as I was concerned. So – and you know I've got a little bit of Laker blood in me. Uh, However, uh, right now I'm excited about the Jazz and what's happening there. And uh, it just seems to be their time and their moment. And just looking at the schedule, finishing this thing out, I mean, I don't see any way that Utah doesn't win the division easily.
3: I saw in the Laker game, you know, when they beat the Nets, that Drummond had 20 and 11. I don't know if he's going to do that when the big two come back because he may not have that opportunity. But how much do you think he can help them in the postseason?
2: Well, I do believe that he can help them. And and I think that – Uh, You know, losing the two bigs from last year, there seemed to be something missing. And Gasol is is kind of beyond his prime. He's certainly capable of keeping teams honest and knocking occasional three downs. But Drummond is something they didn't have. And he can protect the rim. Uh, He he can certainly score. And he seems to have a little something to prove. I I think that he seems to be really motivated and active. Excuse me. And I, I just think he can help the Lakers. I think you'll have an impact, um, but but again, I still believe that it, it's going to be the, the seven, eight, nine, ten guys that are playing now. If they can come in and get valuable, man, I mean, Caruso's been so up and down. All of a sudden, he seems to be playing a little bit better, kind of the way he was playing in the playoffs last year. Get that kind of play, get Drummond. Uh, I, I think Drummond was a good get. I, I, it'll be a little dicey because if he's playing, uh, that means AD's on the perimeter. That always makes me a little bit nervous. I like AD at the five when they go small, but uh, there'll be teams that they play that I think Drummond can help them win games in the playoffs.
0: So this means uh, what you just said right there really, to me, underscores Derek Favors' willingness to accept Rudy Gobert's back of minutes and nothing else, and to throw himself into making an impact in those minutes. and. You know, they're really secretive about his health. I think the way he was moving, it wasn't good for a while, and he wasn't performing well for a while. I think lately he's probably feeling better because he's playing a lot better. But when you start playing a lot better, you tend to want more minutes. And it kind of messes things up if you get him. So you got to accept your role, even though that's a hard thing to do. Do you think Drummond is set up for accepting his minutes? Because if he just played when AD sat... You wouldn't have that issue you're talking about, where 80s at the four, and they're not quite as efficient. How does that play out? You think?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know and don't know Drummond, but I'm just watching him play and looking at what he's been through. It seems to me that he's really excited to be out there playing, and obviously he's going to get more minutes now than he would when the two come back. But I think winning a championship is such a huge issue now in this league, and this is something that I, I think I, I see Drummond being a real asset. To be honest with you, not not that he's going to carry the team, but just having a presence, defending the rim, another big body. Uh, I thought the Lakers played as good as they have all year defensively against the Nets, and uh, and, that, and that's, you know, I know they were missing people, and and uh, both the point guards you know got removed from the game in the third quarter, but. Uh, I, I think, Drum, think Drummond are going to be a real asset to them defensively and the ability to score inside. And there's times – I mean, the one thing about Drummond, he takes the ball to the rim. AD oftentimes will be in the post and just settle for the 8, 10, 12-foot jumper. And, and that's not that he can't make that. But when those shots aren't going down, um, it, it can be a bit of a liability for the Lakers. And I, I think the key thing is this. I mean, when LeBron James is healthy – and he's playing. I mean, he's the difference maker. I mean, we can talk about all these guys, but <laughs> LeBron James is the guy that is going to determine whether the Lakers get back to where they were last year. And because he can just play every position, and defensively they're good with him. Um, but I'm. I think the Lakers are better today because of the the reps that the the subs are getting, and that Drummond's there. But you know, you're, you're looking at this thing, and it they may be seventh or eighth in in conference. I mean, depending on how people play, they're not going to ever have home court advantage. If a
3: vote was taken today for first-team All-NBA, I believe Donovan Mitchell should be on that team, team first-team All-NBA at this point in the season. React to
2: that. I completely agree. Though, I'm not sure that all the pundits – sportscasters and everybody else feels that way. But you, you look at 40 and 13 by the end of the week, you know, I mean, they've got the Wizards, the Thunder, the Pacers, they've got the Lakers, they got the Lakers, but he, I mean, they're going to be 43 and 13, 56 games. What do they play this year? 72?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I don't see him going away. And uh, he he is the best player on the team that's playing the best in the NBA. Now there are people that would argue that this is the most talented team or the best team, but certainly you've got the coach of the year, you've got the player of the year, and you've got a unselfish, great, high chemistry uh, team that people, everybody understands their roles and they're playing with a great deal of confidence. And uh, so, I I I agree.
0: Who are the other four? Because. It's easy to say that, but then you've got to be willing to relegate someone else to second or third team.
2: Well, let's just think about that here a little bit. On um, uh, to tempo. I mean, you, you look at, you, I mean, you look at somebody like Embiid who's been uh, hurt. You know, whether that hurts him or not. Uh, I mean, you you're probably Harden is the guy that's played the most minutes for a, a really. I'm just going for guys that are on really good teams. I mean, he and Kyrie. Do one of them make the All NBA team? And they, they missed so many games; it's hard to know. Giannis is still always in the picture. Then you've got uh, the big fella at Denver, who's probably Jokic. Every, uh, everybody feels that you know he's probably the MVP of the league. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Would you? What would you, you know, do with Le- would what be, would oh, you do you with LeBron? What, like, I, I, I don't. I mean if LeBron comes back and puts up numbers, yeah, I mean how can you ever keep LeBron but what if they miss 25 games? How how do you how do how do you justify that? I mean there's no question. LeBron in my mind is the best player in the league. I don't care if I'm going to pick first, I'm picking LeBron at 36 to be on my team. So, yeah, LeBron LeBron is there. I just don't know if there's a number of games they got to play. Um you know what those circumstances are. I mean, you look at Phoenix; they've got a, the second-best record in the NBA. Uh, is you know Booker barely made the All-Star team, so I don't. I don't think he's a first-team guy. Um, I don't know who. Who else do you think? I mean, who else is there? Uh,
0: will Chris Paul break through? They got the second-best record yeah. in the league, and he's been All-NBA nine times.
2: And, and there's a sentimental favorite too. I mean, there's a guy that's been around. And, uh, and he, you're right. I mean, he, so if you, if you took uh, – yeah, you, you took, I don't know. What, what are your feelings about Harden and Kyrie? I mean, Kyrie's been pretty special. You know, Harden was leading that team by himself for most of the – I mean, Kyrie's missed a lot of games. But I think, Harden, you could make a real strong case for Harden and how well he's played until he just recently uh, he's missed a couple of games recently.
0: Yeah, I think there's a better argument for Harden than for Kawhi. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Harden and LeBron, because of injuries, may not make the first team. I think that Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, and um, Antetokounmpo have a really good shot. And so I just yeah. someone's got to be sixth or seventh. And you know the door opens a little bit if Harden and LeBron get knocked out for injury, but that's the only reason they're getting knocked out. They will they will get the votes and find a way to the first team, unless they miss so many games. And I think it's more of an issue for LeBron than, than Harden because LeBron I think is going to miss more games. Although hamstrings are tricky and you never know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Danilo is always is always going to be in the mix. Jokey I mean, Dawkins uh, uh, is always going to be in the mix. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anybody uh, in the East that we're kind of missing. Um, I'll tell you what, until he got hurt, Lamelo ball was as, I mean, the, fact, the idea of him being first team, no, but I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know if I was impressed with anybody more than him before he got hurt. I, I thought that he really, really helped Charlotte. Now Charlotte's still in the playoff picture, but, he was really fun, you know. Some younger guys, but uh, I think the the ones we've talked about are probably Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's in, in that group. I mean, there is no way he's not in that group, and uh, you know, from there, I think we've probably talked about the names that are more likely. But I, that, that those are the things that come to my mind.
3: I want to switch to college basketball here for a second, for the sake of the integrity of the sport. Did Arizona need to part ways with Sean Miller?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm just wondering why it took this long. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, really. <expecting> Sean, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I've met Sean a few times. I don't. He's not a friend in, per se, but that. For why I, I don't understand why that took so long. When when I I listened to the recordings, you can listen to the recordings on the telephone. All of that was public information. Uh, yeah, that should have happened a long time ago. I'll
0: say it was a pan- pandemic. He had an expensive contract and he won a lot. And those three things yeah. got him an extra year because otherwise he could have been gone a year ago. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, curious, I I'm curious about all the names that have been linked. And it, is, it, it has really entertained me how many guys have been linked to a job. You just can't have 50 finalists. And the list isn't 50 long, but it's pretty long but i'm curious as a guy who went in and had to clean stuff up and then there was um you know probation and the nca comes in how much should people want that job because on the one hand it is the arizona job it's a power 5 league you get paid a lot of money and you got a chance to win a lot and you got a rep to to recruit off of and then over here Sanctions and people sometimes underestimate how crippling they are in the short run, which is all a coach may have is the short run. So, what would you advise this long list of people linked to that job?
2: You know, uh, I, 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 I mean, I've, I've been involved in a job like this, um, and, and it didn't play out perfect for me, but there are some real benefits and there's some really good things that can happen. One, I think in a job like this, people are not going to be impatient. I know that most people are, but when everything gets fully exposed and and we're going to be real transparent with the community and that athletic director, that president, and that coach need to be transparent about where they are and where they're going and that we can't go back to this and that we're going to get this program back to where it once was, but uh, you need to understand that these things have to take place. And so I think there uh, is a narrative that takes place when the, when the coach is selected that can protect him, protect the institution, and welcome new players. Now, the transfer portal, we've talked about that almost every week. Uh, getting players quickly is not nearly as difficult as it used to be because there's 1,700 people in the transfer portal, and a lot of them are really good players. But I, but I, 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 don't, I don't believe it's a job. I mean, I, I think it can be a really good job. And I think you get a little bit of a break and you get a little bit of breathing area that you're gonna go clean things up and get things right academically. You're gonna get things going to change the culture. People are gonna be a little more patient. You're probably gonna get a year or two and then after that, they'll be chomping at the bit again. But I, I, that, those are good jobs to take, personally. I, I think that uh, if, you, if you trust yourself, if you can get a great staff together and turn that thing uh, that's a great institution. It's a wonderful place to play. It's in a good conference. Uh, they can make that a destination spot again without all the cheating.
3: So i am talking to some people about that job uh, and a lot of folks down there are talking about keeping it in the family. You got Damon Stoudemire at Pacific. Miles Simon, NBA assistant, uh, and Josh Paschner, who was at Memphis as a walk-on there for Lute Olson at Memphis, now at Georgia Tech. And so those three guys, I don't don't think Steve Kerr or Luke Walton would leave the NBA to go there. But those three guys, college level, uh, I I would certainly think uh, would be interested. And then you also got Tommy Lloyd at Gonzaga, 46 years old. Uh, and has an agreement to succeed Mark Few, who I believe is 58. But I'm not sure Mark Few is retiring anytime soon. And Tommy Lloyd has built a reputation with Gonzaga, and he has a loose tie anyway. His son, I think, plays for Grand Canyon, which is in the Phoenix area two hours away. But what do you think about Tommy Lloyd as far as from leaving his job where it's pretty secure – and then, from Arizona' perspective of hiring somebody who's never been a head coach at the collegiate
2: level, that's a great question. I, you know, Tommy Lloyd is has had a huge impact in the footprint there at Gonzaga, and certainly he's comfortable. But I think anybody that's been doing that as long as they have, there's an itch to go have my own team, and to have my own team be in Arizona in a, you know, a, a really a, a, a program that's had a storied history and has been had great success. Um, I, I could see him leaving. And, uh, and, and yeah, you, you know what? He, he's going to get out of his comfort zone. But I think most guys that are in this business at the highest level, that's what they dream about. And to be able to get that job and actually with an asterisk, have a little bit of time to fix that thing. He, he's a great recruiter. He, he knows where people and players are. And uh, I, I think that the turnaround will be pretty quick there. Now, you know, it's, it's interesting. All three of those others, Sotomayor, Miles, Fazner, I mean, those are all really good coaches, all have connections, and, and I think would all be good coaches there. Uh, Damon Sotomayor's done a nice job with the WCC. It, it's not easy building something at UOP, but he's made them competitive. You know, I did a few of his games a couple of years ago and had a chance to spend time with him. As he, You know, he, he does a great job in preparation. He brings kind of a NBA feel for things as well. He just wasn't dealing with the same – caliber and high-level high level players, but I, I don't think you can miss on any of those guys, but it's, Tom, Tom Rezardo will get his chance to stay at Gonzaga, but it may be a deal where, hey, you know what, I helped establish this, and I want to go do my own thing, and I want to establish my own program, and, I, and listen, I, I don't know him, and I never had a conversation, but I could see him thinking that way, that this is a great opportunity for me, and to do what we just done, replicate it, get Arizona back in the top 10 in the country and going to the NC2A tournament every year and doing it clean so uh, and I think people can get excited about that I, I'm sure that their Arizona alums w- would love to have any one of those three former players or have connections the Tommy Lloyd probably he, he's, he's a guy that's as hot as there is and, and has been in a program that's been dominant so uh, I think it's a good I think it'd be a good hire to have him come in yes there's things he's going to have to learn and yes he's going to have to get a staff. And maybe he fills some of his staff with former players from Arizona. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I think it's it's a little risky from where he is right I'm in a safe, comfortable position. But I think most guys want the challenge, man. They want to have their own team. And this is probably a pretty good time for Coach Lloyd.
4: Well,
0: Coach, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for stopping by. And we will talk to you again next week. All right, guys, take care. There's Steve Kluven, our basketball insider. When we come back, the best of the jazz post game show. Stay with us.
1: Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 12.80 of the zone. The Jazz lose a home game for the first time since New Year's Eve when the Phoenix Suns beat them. They get taken down by the Wizards to sweep the two game series this year. Here's Jake with the best of the post game show.
5: It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone. The Jazz suffered their first home loss of 2021. Last night they lose to the Wizards 125 to 121, despite 42 points from Donovan Mitchell, who continues to be red hot. He had 42 on 14 of 32 shooting, 4 of 11 from 3, 10 of 12 from the line. He had six assists and three rebounds as well. Bogdanovich had 33 points in the losing effort, 10 of 18 from the field. Uh, But uh, Jazz could not uh, overcome the loss of a couple of key players who didn't play, namely Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. The bench had its worst output of the year with just 14 points coming in off the bench with the absence of those two guys and Joe Ingles having to move uh, to the starting lineup. And the Wizards, of course, got big performances from their two big players, Bradley Beal with 34 points and Russell Westbrook with a triple-double, 25-14-14. and But the win streak ends at 24. The Jazz lose at home for the first time since New Year's Eve, which is just wild. That feels like so long ago. Uh, let's get some postgame sound going. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
4: Hi, Coach. We'll get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, coach, you guys certainly battled down the stretch, but
6: struggled to get stops against their speed tonight. What problems did that create for you? Well, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are are great players. And, you know, I thought, you know, Russ tonight was incredibly efficient. Um, You know, he was making the right play, you know, all the time. And obviously, Brad is a gifted scorer and player. Um, You know, we we didn't have the, the right focus defensively in the first half, you know, and gave up, you know, a couple quarters that made it difficult for us. And we started playing better defense later in the game and were able to help to score on the other end as well. But not enough.
4: David James, KUTV.
6: Quinn, specifically, I'm
0: wondering what you saw wrong with your team's defense in the first half and and how early you really noticed that you were having problems that were not just them being good, but stuff that you could fix.
6: Well, you know, it's never just one thing. There's different things on different different possessions. Um, You know, transition is always the biggest thing, you know, against these guys, and you know that going in, but – you know Westbrook so fast with the ball that you know that he's able to get down the court. I thought you know they made a lot of plays around the rim. We just didn't have enough of a presence, you know on the defensive end in general. and you know you could dissect um, a number of different different situations, but there were there were too many of them.
4: Andy Larson's all your Quinn, what did you make of Trent Forrest and Eric, uh, sorry, Matt Thomas's, uh, minutes in, in kind of rotation minutes tonight?
6: Well, you know, Andy, it's really about our entire group. Um, you know, as far as any one or two players, regardless of who they are, everybody just needed to be better. And we, we weren't tonight. And, um, you know, we'll watch the film and, you know, evaluate things that we're doing for for everybody, myself included. That's what we do. Um, but obviously we didn't, we didn't do enough right tonight. And, you know, Washington was good too. I mean, those two guys um, made a lot of plays. Lopez hurt us around the rim. Bertans hit some big shots, you know, so defensively we just needed to be better.
4: Last question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
6: When I know
0: that the fourth quarter uh, rally kind of flies in the face of this, but the first three, it kind of seemed like the energy was maybe a little low. Did you get the sense that being down two of your main backcourt guys, you were maybe a little tired tonight?
6: Well, we, you know, we've been playing a lot of games. But so is Washington. And, you know, once you get into the competition of the game, you know, I, I, I know – regardless of you know what level everybody's fatigued throughout the year both teams You know, are are in the same situation, and um, and as much as anything, I think for us there's a mental component that um, we have to make sure we're just sharper. You know, taught more, more discipline, execution, those types of things. So, um, you know, conglomeration of all that stuff.
5: There's Quinn Snyder uh, after his team loses 125 to 121. Interesting to hear him talk about uh, fatigue and how everybody's dealing with it Uh, after uh, tonight's game against Oklahoma City. The Jazz will have played five games in seven nights which is just nuts all right let's hear from the players or some of them anyway let's start things off with rudy gobert
4: hey rudy we'll get started with kristen kenny just tv hey rudy coach said that you guys didn't have the defensive
6: focus that you needed what do you see as the biggest challenge in guarding fast speedy guards like you guys played against tonight
7: uh, i think they scored 70 points 70 points in the first half um you know, regardless of what it is, uh, as a team that takes pride in getting stops, you know it's just, it's way too many, and I think we did a better job in the in the second half, you know, and we gave our chance ourselves a chance to win the game. But uh, I really think our offense affects our defense a lot. You know, we. Last two games, I felt like we were a little disconnected offensively, and uh, you know, for some reason, uh, you know, it really affects our defense. So, you know, gonna watch film and let's uh, see what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's been a, you know, I feel like in half court, uh, you know, we're doing a decent job, doing a pretty good job making it tough on them, you know, defensively. But uh, they got too many uh, fast break points. I don't know how many, but it felt, it felt like, you know, they, that gave them a lot of life and uh, that gave them a lot of confidence too. And, and then, uh, you know, it's uh, against guys that like that, that are really good scorers and that are talented too. Nah, it makes it hard on us. Sarah
4: Todd, Desert News. Rudy, is there something going on with your arm? I saw you kind of rubbing your elbow and kind of shaking it out a lot during the game. Is that feeling okay?
7: No, I got uh, – Raul hit me on a, on a little nerve. So, um, I couldn't feel my, my arm for a little bit, but just uh, – it happens.
4: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. I wanted to ask you in particular about their big men scoring with Daniel Gafford and and Robin Lopez down low. Uh, What did you see that was getting them so successful of of looks and, and what could you guys have done better against those guys in particular?
7: I think they scored a lot. Uh, I mean, Robin hit some tough hooks and uh, we know he's able to to hit those. You know, he, he just had a little too many of those tonight. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it was mostly of for us. Uh, and, you know, whether uh, we were a little over helping or, you know, or sometimes it was just offensive rebounds or, or drop offs. But uh, yeah, you know, they just I think they were just too, too comfortable from the beginning, you know. And uh, and when you have that kind of game, you know, is the kind of game that everyone is having fun. You know, I think everyone on on the call for them had a little moment, you know. And uh, as a defensive team, we gotta pick, we gotta we gotta give up something, but we can't give up everything. You know, I think every one of their players, like Bertans, had like three threes in a row at some point. Uh, we fouled, you know. We I mean, we did everything that we take pride in not doing, you know, usually. So, yeah, give them credit. But I think we we didn't start the game with the focus that we should have.
4: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
0: Rudy, I know that uh, you guys will never use fatigue as an excuse, but playing your fourth game in sixth night without Mike, without Jordan tonight. (sighs) Is there a little bit of tiredness that was going on for those first few quarters that you guys had to kind of fight your way through?
7: I mean, there is. You know, there is. I mean, uh, uh, I've been taking a lot of pride in trying to not miss any games. You know, uh, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, when they're a little tired, um, specifically on other teams, you know, young guys too, like they're a little tired, they, they take some games off and... They want to make sure they have their legs for the for the next game. Uh, you know, if I'm tired, if I'm, you know, beat up, uh, I try to be there for my team and, you know, I try to not show it, you know, like uh, because I need to be the anchor of the defense. So I, I try not show it, but uh, yeah, it's been NBA season, you know, and this one has been a little more uh, condensed. So there's more games, obviously, but, uh, you know, when At the end of the day, I think we're going to have to be smart because the goal is for us to be fresh for the playoffs, but at the same time to, you know, uh, keep competing and uh, and more importantly, keep getting better.
5: There's Rudy Gobert, who had 12 and 12 to go along with three assists. No blocks for Rudy last night. Uh, you heard him talk about the first half, obviously frustrated. The Jazz gave up 70 points in the first half, and they only got consecutive stops once in that half a play, which is pretty remarkable. Let's now hear from Boyan Bogdanovich.
4: OK, we'll start with David James, KUTV.
0: Bojan
5: what went wrong in the
0: first half uh, defensively as you gave up 70 points there what do you think the main problems were
4: I mean we just played through motion we were not uh, we were not resistant defensively they didn't even shot too many trees first half so so we were just just bad defensively when you allow someone to score I think 70 or more than 70 points in, in first half if, if it's tough to tough to win the game Maxime legorges the free agent out of France. Um, how, how do
7: you manage uh, the piece of the game? Uh, because you use a lot of uh, fast-break points. And uh, how do you deal with it?
4: Uh, our defense defense transition or, or our, de- our offense transition? I, I couldn't hear you, sorry. Uh, yes, the defense, your defense uh, when you go back in defense on the fast break from the wizard. I mean, on the defensive transition, we got to, we got to, sometimes you got to play better, better offense or attack offensive, offensive board to stop, to stop there their their transition transition offense and we know how good uh russ is in in transition handling the ball or or bradley bill but if you ask me about our our offensive transition that we are that we are doing great job for whole season when you are when you are receiving 70 points in in the first half if it's tough to run offensively so that was the That was the the biggest key why we lost the game.
5: There's Bogdanovich, 33 points on 10 of 18 shooting, six of 10 from three. And as uh, Bojan has had uh, some struggles recently shooting the basketball, uh, it was good to see him uh, make a few uh, last night. Had a really nice night. Let's uh, let's wrap up uh, the player sound and hear from Donovan Mitchell.
4: We'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
5: Hey, Don, so
0: you guys are playing your fourth game in six nights. You're missing Mike. You're missing Jordan. Was
8: there a fatigue factor that set in at some point tonight? Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm not blaming the loss on that, though, but there definitely was a a moment of a few moments of fatigue. Uh, But, you know, we got to play through that you know, that like Washington didn't care. You know, the OKC not going to care. So we got to be able to fight through that and play through that. Um, it's 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 easy to forget that this season is what it is. But, you know, for us, we've been we've been rolling all year and there's going to be games where we're tough. There's going to be moments where we're tired and there's going to be a stretches, you know, where we're tired, you know, and throughout games. And we've got to find ways to fight through it. And, you know, we'll bounce back and, and get ready for tomorrow.
4: Kristen Kenney, Jaws TV. The Coach commented on the lack of defensive focus.
6: Do you notice a common theme um, that stands out defensively, not just in regards to tonight, but uh, other nights as well, in terms of your defensive focus?
8: I think the biggest thing for us is just coming out the gate with the mindset. You know, um, I can't say we had that throughout the whole game. We, we got there, you know, but, you know, we can't – when you have two, you know, elite guards uh, attacking the way they do and getting shots the way they do, we got to all be connected and all be locked in and can't just rely on just Royce or just Rudy or, or whatever we all got to be focused in, whether it's getting back in transition, uh, stunning at the ball. And I think that has to be our focus from the jump. And I don't think we did that tonight. We got up 70, point, 70 points in the first half. Um, that's not like us, um, and we got to be able to to find that. And I think the biggest thing is just coming out with that from the jump, you know, not trying to just go out there and outscore people. Um, and I think, you know, it's nothing to overreact to, but understand that, you know, it's happened a few times this week or so, and we got to just go out there from the jump and just understand that that's what we need to be, uh, our defensive efforts and defensive focus, and then everything will take care of itself.
4: Matt Coles, AP.
8: There was a stretch there during the game where I think you missed 11 or 12 field goals in a row and the camera caught you on the bench with uh, Mike giving you a talking to, and it looked like you were just kind of trying to take it in, staring into space as a scorer. What's going through your mind during stretches like that? Um, to be honest with you, I felt like it was 20 in a row. Um, I don't say that often. Usually I'm always onto the next shot, but it definitely felt like you could feel it. You know, I could feel it. And the, what I was upset about was not the misses. Um, if you guys go back and look, what I was upset about was the reads, you know, some of their guys were open on shots that I took and that's what really pissed me off um, just because I expect better of myself. Um, and I hold myself to a high standard in that regard. Um, and I feel like that's, you know, the next shots, you know, certain shots I took out of those 12, I make, you know, no problem, but it was the, the reads that I missed finding guys. That was really where I was, angry and frustrated, you know, but I have some of the best teammates, man, who continue to tell me that it's okay and play through it and, you know, just tell me to look out for it, you know, and I think we got there throughout the throughout the game, um, and there was still stuff that I missed, and I wasn't particularly happy with my reads tonight, and, you know, that's, that's really, you know, the loss is a loss, but for me personally, I feel like I let the guys down in that regard, you know, I feel like I've been doing a solid job of that this year, um, and I feel like that was really where my anger was coming from because I expect better of myself in that regard and, you know, I'll be better.
4: Last one, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Donovan, you, you are usually a guy that said, you know, move on to the next shot, but with that frustration and that anger tonight, do you think that that you let the offense kind of affect the defense?
8: Me personally or the team?
4: You personally or me? I mean, even as the team, both?
8: Um, I wouldn't say that. You know, there's times where you can see it. I, w- I didn't feel that tonight with us as a group. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that way personally. Um, I, I can. I can uh, definitely say there's been times where that's been the case throughout the year and throughout my career. But I wouldn't say tonight that was that was the case. You know, we found ways to fight through it. We found ways to continue to play through it. You know, we got down 15 at one point for us to lose by, you know, four. We, we did a lot of good things in the span of five minutes um, or six minutes, whatever it was. And I think that's really where. Our focus is, and we did a lot of things. We ramped it up, you know, as the game, as the fourth quarter progressed. Uh, but I wouldn't say it took away from our d- defense, you know, because we scored 65 points to start the game, you know, in the first half. Uh, so our offense was flowing. It was just a matter of, you know, being able to get stops and focusing on the little things on the defensive end that we kind of got away from it. As the game progressed, we did a we did a better job. But um, I wouldn't say that took away from what we're doing on the other end. There's Donovan Mitchell.
5: Donovan, again, is is just on fire right now. 42 points for Donovan. 14 of 32 shooting. uh, 4 of 11 from 3. 10 of 12 from the line. 6 assists and 3 rebounds. Up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. There is the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the
0: headlines are on the way. Stay with us.